Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I am your host, Brett Gilland. Today, I've got Pete Holman with me. Pete, what's up, man? How you doing? Fantastic. Love it. We're going to have some good conversations today, man. You're coming to us uh, from Aspen, Colorado. How is Aspen treating you today? It is, it is one of those days. So it's 74 degrees, 10% humidity, light clouds. I just had lunch with a buddy that I hadn't seen in a long time. We're at the park and there's ducks floating on the pond. I mean, it just, it's magical up here. I'm kind of high right now. So you got me <laughs> a good time, buddy. That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> you gotta be careful. You're kind of high right now in, in Colorado. That may mean different things to different people. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I'm high on life. Let's high on life. There you go. There you go. That's funny. Uh, well, man, you are a, I wrote down here, entrepreneur, a founder, a creator, a coach, an educator, an author now, man, you got a lot of good stuff going on. And we were connected by, uh, a little deal that you just created called golf forever. And, uh, I think before we started talking, I was telling you that I got this accountability group and one of my goals with it is to golf well into my nineties and golf on my hundredth birthday. And when you type in golf forever on Google, this thing shows up and then you guys do a great job and the ads show up on Instagram and then I end up buying it. Right. And, <laughs> and so now we're on a podcast together because I'm a believer. Hey, so my funnels are working is what you're That's saying. Right. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying, man, because you literally, I typed in golf forever, like workouts thinking I would find like, Hey, do these 10 things. And then I didn't know there was a product. And then once you click on it and then your funnels work, and that's something about business and sales that we could obviously talk about as well. Fantastic. Well, so the, the founder of the company is Dr. Jeremy James. He's a chiropractor up in Aspen and he worked with um, golfers for years and he just kept finding that they were broken down their, their back, their low backs, their shoulders, their hips weren't mobile. Their thoracic spine wasn't mobile. And he, it almost, you know, pissed them off to the point. He said, I'm creating a, a program for this. And he ended up getting some funding and it came, became known as back, um, back forever, meaning healthy backs. But then he realized that golfers are in specific need of this. And they, you know, they tend to have a higher disposable income than just your average folks. And yeah. so they're going to be more apt to, and they, and they love playing golf. So I came along and he said, can you provide some content? Because I'm a strength coach and physical therapist. I started creating content. I created a product called the TRX Rip Trainer, which is an asymmetrical bar training device. It's great for all sports. Um, and, and TRX, you know, they did some good things with it. They also did not iterate it over a decade. And, and that upset me because products need to evolve and iterate. Sure. And Dr. Dr. James said, hey, could we get an affiliate membership with TRX for the rip trainer? Because it's great for golf. And I said, we should make our own and do it better. <laughs> and I was joking. I was completely being facetious. And he just glommed onto that. And the next thing you know, a year later, we've got the golf forever swing trainer. It's the world's first two in one training device for, for uh, overspeed training. There's a weighted ball on one end that you can load up and, and almost like a donut on the end of yeah. a bat you've ever swung a baseball bat in the batter's cage and you get that kind of that heavy load and you take the donut off. And then when you go to swing, you you move like, you know, Barry Bonds or somebody. Um, and, and then if you take the weighted ball off, there's a, an elastic resistance cord on one end that creates asymmetrical load and balance challenges and activates your core and helps you with rotational power. So that's the golf forever swing trainer. And it's got an app that takes you through all the workouts and you, you find folks like myself, top, top notch strength coaches from around the world and top notch golf pros from around the world, like yeah. Scotty Scheffler and Justin Leonard. 
And um, I, I'm really excited. We just got a review. We've got over a thousand reviews. We got a 4.9 stars out of five, which is kind of unheard of. In, right. In right. Um, and well, it's incredible, man, because it's it's certainly I, I wanted to get on here to learn about your story and all that stuff. And, and I, but I definitely wanted to talk about golf forever because just this week, I think before we started recording, I told you I've seen videos posted by Max Homa. He just won the tournament. And like the next day was using it and put it on social media. Scotty Scheffler's got it on social media. There's a picture of Jordan Spieth carrying it in his hand while he's going to the golf tournament and he's showing his baby off to like Trevor Immelman and some people. And so you got it in the right hands, man. And so, uh, yeah. and then you can just say me and my buddies back here and, you know, O'Fallon, Illinois are using, I mean, what, what else do you need? It's, it's fantastic. And, you know, really we, it's designed. It's great that the pros are using it. Don't get me wrong. And that's a real, you know, ego biscuit. But the fact that just kind of your your weekend warriors and your everyday Joes, I'm not calling you an everyday Joe. You're Absolutely. A, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But but you know what I'm saying? Like not professional golfers. Those are the folks that that they haven't stretched out for three, four weeks. They haven't done core exercises. And then they're going to go to the, the driving range and crack balls with their driver. And the next thing you know, their back goes out and they're at the chiropractor yeah. for the next five weeks. So we're trying to break this cycle. We're trying to get people involved in their own health and wellness and vitality, not just so they can feel good about themselves and feel better in their own skin, but so they can golf forever. Yeah. And, and, and obviously you could take a spin on that and call it just live better forever. Right. I mean, this thing is going to, like I was telling my kids or soccer players, I mean, like, even though you're not, you know, swinging a golf club, you are swinging with your hips and your legs and all that stuff. And, and just, if you want to be more flexible in life later, which is, I know a lot of people listen to this show, they, obviously care about their health. They care about their business, their family, all that stuff. And so this is important for them to know that it's out there. 100%. Our, you know, the, the last couple of years has proven um, uh, categorically that if you don't take care of your health and if you don't watch your, your, your fitness levels and your dietary intake and, and, and your mobility, just all the stuff that we need to, to do to be strong and face everyday challenges, you're going to be in trouble. And, you know, we, we yeah. saw that, you know, the, the statistics don't lie. I think it was like 80 some percent of folks that died of COVID were obese, were diabetic, had congestive heart failure, um, had some kind of um, multifaceted um, dysfunction pathology that led to. And I know there was some, you know, there's outliers that just were totally sure. healthy and had a rough time with COVID. But, you know, man, you kind of prepare yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's uh, kind of go back to the beginning then and, and talk about what's made you this entrepreneur and founder and creator and coach. And because you don't just wake up and start creating new products that are taking the world by storm. So what is it about you, kind of your backstory that's gotten you to do this type of stuff? Well, I mean, I got in the fitness industry. I, I was always very athletic. I mean, I, I wanted to be a professional athlete. I just didn't know what sport. So I, you know, I was really good at soccer and I played competitive soccer. And then I kind of had a weird growth spurt and I was uncoordinated and I played baseball and I played football and basketball and lacrosse. I was out uh, in, in Denver playing lacrosse and I grew up skiing. I thought I was going to be a professional ski racer. Uh, and long story short, it wasn't until I was like 19 or 20 that I really developed. I was very late developing in high school, yeah. um, graduated when I was 17. And so just my high school sporting career wasn't that great. And then I fell in love with martial arts and I, I started training in Taekwondo. Um, I was at a health club. I was working maintenance at a health club and they had a Taekwondo class. 
And I was, it was like a Chinese Kung Fu movie. I'm like mopping the, the racquetball court across from where they're training in the Taekwondo. And one day the coach finally just literally walked across the, the hall and said, why don't you put the mop down and come train with us? And that was the start of my Taekwondo career. And five years later, I was on the U.S. national team. I was the team captain. I was traveling all, all over the world, competing at a very high level in Taekwondo. And, and that led into my career, which um, I always wanted to be the fastest, most powerful, the most well-conditioned athlete on the mats. And so I started training in personal training. I started wanting to understand the human body and exercise physiology and anatomy and kinesiology. And so I got a personal training certification. Then I was constantly injured, which led me into physical therapy, wanting to learn how to rehabilitate myself. And so I got a, a my master's degree in physical therapy. And I started to feel, realize that if there's a problem in your life, if, if you search hard enough and you're inquisitive and creative, there's a solution. Uh, and so I got this product, product uh, bug in, in, and when I was working in my first physical therapy clinic and we had all these medicine balls and BOSU balls and elastic resistance cords that were strewn all over the room. And I said, man, there's got to be a rack or something that contains all this stuff so it can be organized and you can find it efficiently and effectively. And I, I searched on Google. There was nothing around. And so I said, I'm going to make my own. And I literally went down to a fabricator in, in Carbondale, which is a kind of a suburb of Aspen. And I had something machined up. And I brought it into the clinic and people were blown away. They're like, oh, my gosh, I can find my BOSU ball. I can find the medicine wow. balls and it was organized. And, and so then I thought I would be an entrepreneur, which I, you know, I've got no business background at all. And I launched this thing in 2009, which was the worst possible time. Uh, you know, for, for folks that are old enough, you guys remember 2008, 2009, yeah, the entire economy collapsed, real estate, you know, junk loans and um, everything collapsed. Steel prices went up, gas prices went up, and my product was so expensive to create that I kind of walked away with my tail between my legs. However, I got experience and I got knowledge about products and I, I haven't stopped since. I'm now on my sixth product um, I've done a loaded carry machine for, for grip, hip, and core strength. I've done a hip thrust, a plate loaded hip thrust machine called the Nautilus Glute Drive, which is for posterior chain glute strength. I've done the TRX Rip Trainer, now the Golf Forever Swing Trainer for golf training. And, um, and I'm working on one that's very exciting for in-home and commercial glute training. Glutes are the powerhouse of the core, if you haven't gotten that theme yet. Yeah, yeah. Got to train your glutes. We'll have to get on that. So let's talk about that for a second by training your glutes, but just go on anything, any body part, but even just habits, rituals, take the 40 something year old, right? Or the, the 35 year old, the 55 year old, whatever it may be. Let's just pick on the 40 year olds uh, just because I'm 44 years old. So that's what we're going to do. But what, what is it that the, the weekend warrior, the average Joe that use your language from earlier, what, what is it the things that we need to be doing that, you know, if they don't have the luxury or the habit built or, or the desire to go to a gym for, you know, an hour to an hour and a half every single day, five to seven days a week, but you know, they're doing something three or four days a week. What should we be focused on as business leaders of our, you know, leaders of our family and leaders of our business so we can be in peak performance or peak health? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, first of all, if you're not doing something to keep your physical vessel charged up, you're missing the boat. Even the, you know, Tony Robbins, who's, kind of the CEO whisperer 
and an incredible, if you, if you've never, you know, some people think of Tony Robbins as this kind of, um, you know, um, flamboyant salesman and, and motivational speaker. Right. And I know he's got, he's got a history, but if you look at his story and what he's done and what he's accomplished, he's quite a remarkable guy. And what he does before he even lectures and goes out to present, he gets on the, a, like a mini tramp and does lymphatic drainage and bounces yeah. up and down. And he does push-ups and sit-ups and he gets his body charged up. He's a black belt in karate, I believe. Um, so high-end business leaders need to focus on, number one, their own physical health. If you don't have the vitality and the energy to bring it every single day, how are you going to how are you going to lead a team? How are you going to make seven figures? How are you going to expand and evolve and, and grow your business into something better if you don't have that energy and that vitality? And that comes from daily physical exercise. I don't care if you take a walk every day for a half an hour, get out in nature, just get your heart rate up a little bit. Ideally, you're doing something that's geared towards holistic health, meaning, hey, you're eating healthy, nutritious meals. You're getting in some flexibility and mobility work. If you're a golfer, I don't need to tell you how important it is to have flexibility and mobility in the hips yeah. and the thoracic spine. You need to do some kind of core strengthening exercise. I think 85% of people that are in their 40s have had one episode of serious low back pain that has caused them to go to the doctor, orthopedic doctor, chiropractor, or physical therapist. So you got to do something for your core strength. Um, you got to do something for your heart and lungs. Your vascular system is everything that delivers blood and oxygen to your muscles and to your organs and to your brain. So you got to do something that raises your heart rate. So whether it's a bike or a rower or a ski ergometer or maybe just calisthenics. Um, and then finally, you want your, you know, your lower and upper body to be strong. You don't want low bone mineral density. You don't want osteopenia or osteoporosis which I'm dealing with a lot of 70 year olds in Aspen now that are, they're getting reports. They're very much into their health. When you got disposable income and you got time on your hands, all of a sudden, what do you focus yeah. on? Your health. And the problem is they're going to these, the Mayo Clinic or Santa Monica, wherever they go to get these workups, total body workups. And they're finding that they're osteopenic or osteoporotic. Well, some it's not, I'm not saying it's too late, but you don't want to be 70 year, years old and be told that you're osteoporotic parodic you want to be 40 and start doing some strength training when you do resistance training it strengthens your bones and your connective tissue so it sounds like a lot but really it's not that much you know 20 30 minutes a day four or five times a week you're going to be in great shape if you want to take it to the next level if you really want to be competitive on the golf course or if you want to play tennis at a high level if you want to ski the alps or whatever it is you want to do you might need to up your game and add some agility drills in there some balance training as you age so i mean i look at i train everybody like they're an athlete mm -hmm. and, and, and bill bowerman said this best if you have a body you are an athlete meaning everybody's an athlete so you need to train some mobility some strength some cardiorespiratory um, uh, system response you need to have some balance and you need to have some um, overall conditioning and again it sounds like a lot but if you don't take care of your body where are you going to live yeah so let, let's break this down if we can i think it'd be fun to do for people's I, i'm a big fan of just the meat and potatoes right that somebody can walk away from this this episode of the circuit of success and have a plan right i mean how cool oh. would that be if, if if pete holman and brett gillen could give that, <laughs> that person listening a plan 
So let's do this. In a perfect week, it's Monday, okay? We're going to walk through Monday. So what, what are we doing Monday? What am I doing? I, now, let's assume that folks don't have a lot of gear and a lot of equipment. Okay, perfect. Okay, um, because well, I don't know what folks have. Um, I'd love to see somebody do a five to 10 minute warm up of any kind of, it could be jumping jacks. It could be a brisk walk around your block. It could be uh, uh, so anything to get your heart rate, you know, jogging in place, um, anything to get your heart rate up that primes the central nervous system. It gets your huh? body ready for more aggressive exercise. So there's a warm up. The next thing I'd like to see is people do a couple basic stretches. If you don't know what the world's greatest stretch is, Google it. it the, the, a stretch will come up, which will stretch your hips. It will stretch your upper body. It will stretch your thoracic spine. The, it's called the world's greatest stretch. So even okay. if you just did one stretch, well, actually, can I can I add two? Let me you give you do two. Do whatever stretches. you want. Okay. This is our plan, so, man. You got the world's greatest stretch and you got the downward dog. That's a yoga pose that everybody that's done yoga has done the downward dog, especially for men. We tend to get very tight in what's called the posterior chain, the calves, the ankles, the hamstrings, and this downward dog addresses that and it starts to build some core strength. All right, so we got a warm up, we got some core strength. Now, uh, or I'm sorry, we got some flexibility. Now I would like to add a core strengthening exercise. And I would like to see some type of a side plank, maybe 30 seconds on each side, and some type of a front plank, maybe a minute. That's going to help help activate your core. It's going to strengthen your spine. Okay, so now we're warmed up. We're flexible. We're mobile. We got the core activated. Now we got to do some exercise and work the body. I, I love three basic moves, a push, a pull, and some kind of change in elevation. So we'll start with the easy one, the change in elevation. You can do a squat, 20 squats, simple right? Maybe you want to add a little balance challenge. You, you split your stance and do lunges. You know, the left leg's forward, the right leg's back. You go up and down 10 times. You switch sides 10 times. If you want to get stronger and build more condition, you do, you add multiple sets to this. I'm kind of giving the basic, basic, sure. basic. You should do some kind of a squat or lunge uh, in your workout. You should also do some kind of a pushing exercise in your workout. So maybe it's a push-up or a modified push-up. You know, if you're not strong enough to do a full push-up, you could go on your knees. If you're still not strong enough, you could get up on a countertop. And so you're kind of just at a slight angle, right? And yeah. you're doing a push-up off your, off your kitchen countertop or off of a chair so it's easier. So you're strengthening the chest, the shoulders, and the triceps. Those are important muscles. Then you should do some kind of a pull. Now, pulling is a little bit harder because typically you need an elastic resistance cord, or a TRX suspension trainer strap, or uh, a pull-up bar. Now, most people aren't strong enough to do pull-ups, but there should be some kind of a pulling motion. One thing you could also do would be, uh, if you have dumbbells, is a one-arm dumbbell row, which is, okay, is where yeah. you get horizontal and you're dropping the weight towards the floor and then driving your elbow up towards the ceiling. So now, and, and you know, if you want to finish off with some kind of a balance drill, which I think balance is very important in life, not just philosophically, but for our physiology, sure. you stand on one leg and you lift the other knee up to 90 degrees and you try to balance for 30 seconds to a minute. It's a great yeah. exercise. I use it with all my clients. Yeah. I was going to add to that. We've been doing that in that Tuesday, Thursday, I've been having a group of guys over from an accountability standpoint and it's so simple, but yet we've been doing that 
and then you stand there and then shut your eyes. Oh, oh. we laugh, man. Every morning. It's like, it's, it's like somebody just pushes you over. And so I think what I've read, I don't know if this is true or not. I'm not a doctor, but I mean, that's going to help the cognitive side too, right? If I'm having to focus on multiple things, standing there, my arms out, one leg up, my eyes are shut, try to keep my balance. It's extremely difficult. Yeah. Well, actually, so there's three components to balance. One is your visual system. And that's why if you ever watch a high level athlete and you look at their eyes, I mean, they are locked in on, yeah. on targets on, you know, a boxer, their eyes are wide open. They're trying to respawn in, in milliseconds. So your eyes are very important in balance. Um, your proprioceptors, which are sensory cells in your, in your muscles and in your joints. And, and, you know, those get deteriorated with age and injury. Those are important. And then finally, your tympanic membrane, which is part of your inner ear. So if you ever if you've ever heard of vertigo or suffered from vertigo, it's a terrible inner ear dysfunction where you feel almost like you're really drunk and you can't the room won't stop spinning. So when whenever you challenge different parts of those systems, you help improve your overall balance by closing your eyes. Now you're honing in on the proprioceptors and your inner ear. So that's a great practice to do that. And then obviously, yeah, you cognitively you have to kind of go take a deep breath and up your game because otherwise, you know, if you if you enter that drill nonchalantly, you're going to fail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. All right. So we got our Monday done. Now, what are we doing uh, Tuesday? <laughs> well, to be honest, so there's variations of all of these drills. So for instance, maybe Monday you did squats, maybe on Tuesday or Wednesday, let's call it, you want to do the split squat or the, the lunge. Um, maybe you did a push up with your body weight on Monday, maybe on Wednesday, let's call it, you want to do some dumbbell presses. You know, a lot of folks have uh, free weight dumbbells yeah. or a bench press. Um, you know, maybe you did a, a, a normal plank on Monday, maybe on Tuesday, you want to do what's called a shoulder tap plank, where you're in a push up yeah. position, and yeah. one hand reaches across and taps the opposite shoulder, you pause for two or three seconds. So you're on like a tripod, right? Two legs yep. and one arm. And then you put the opposite arm down and touch with the opposite shoulder. And so now you're you're entering into some some um, rotational stresses in that plank position. So just varying these drills, but we only really have six or seven foundational movements. We can push, we can pull, we can squat, we can lunge, we can rotate, um, we can hinge, which is if you've ever seen a deadlift or um, let's say you had a really heavy box and you're trying to lower it to the ground, you don't want to round your back, right? You want to kind of hinge from your hips, yep. like like the Australian drinking bird, you know, if you've ever seen one. <laughs> yeah. Um, everybody gets that reference. I love it. Um, so, so you, you know, you want to do those basic movements in your workouts and you can use free weights, you can use elastic resistance, you can use, um, uh, you know, uh, pneumatic resistance. There's tons of different, you can use stability balls, you can use yoga, uh, Pilates reformers, you know, yoga machines, but yeah. at some point you're doing all those basic moves. Yeah. So basically what I'm hearing is a Monday through Friday plan is the five to 10 minute warm up. The stretch, which if you just did two, it's the world's greatest stretch and a downward dog. Uh, planks on each side and then a normal one. Uh, variances there. And then the push, pull, and then change in, uh, in ele uh, elevation. If I did that every yeah. day, right? 20, 30, 40 minutes a day, I'm in peak performance. Yeah. And, and basically, the way you want to look at it is if you did a mild workout, you could do it every day. If you really went gung-ho to the point, let's say, instead of doing one set of 20 squats, you did four or five sets of 20 squats. 
And the next day you're going to be sore and you're going to be fatigued and you might be a little, your body might be a little cranky. You might say, you know what, today I'm going to take a light swim or I'm going to do just a brisk walk or I'm going to ride on the bike and just spin because your bodies do need recovery. And, and, you know, I don't want to get too deep into the philosophy of strength and conditioning, but there's an ebb and a flow. And if you're not letting your body recover after vigorous exercise bouts, you're actually doing yourself more harm than good. Yeah. And you see that sometimes people, some of these ultra endurance athletes, they, you know, they're running, you know, 20 miles every other day. I mean, you can't recover from that. Uh, and so I'm not saying that's not healthy, but I, it's not something I'd recommend to my, my clients. You want that recovery time. And by the way, recovery can be active. It could be a light swim. It could be a walk. It could be, uh, you know, rolling on the foam roller or using a Theragun, uh, you know, like a percussive massage yeah. tool, getting a massage or getting a stretch. You know, there's these stretch zones and stretch labs now where you can go in and somebody will actually manually stretch you. It's, it's magic. I mean, you yeah, got to take care of your body. I walk out of there like I'm six foot four, you know, I'm six foot tall, but I feel like I'm about six, four. When I walk out of those places, you, you go to the stretch labs. I do. Yeah. We've got a guy, a couple of guys here in town uh, where I go and, um, and do that. It's, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. It, it is. And what happens is when you're stretching on your own, there's a component of exertion where you're in an uncomfortable position, you're having to kind of pull yourself down into position to stretch your hamstring, for instance. Yeah. Well, that's not allowing, that's not facilitating a nice, calm, relaxed breathing method right. and, 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 and just cognitive state of relaxation. When you're lying down and somebody else is doing the work for you, you just let go and you kind of melt into the table. And that's where you can get the most benefits out of stretching. Yep. I couldn't agree more, man. So talk to us on the business side. I mean, for you personally, but then also, I mean, just, let's just pick on Scotty Scheffler. You're around, uh, you know, the number world's number one golfer guy won the masters this year. Like, what do you see is the difference between, you know, the world's number one golfer versus again, use that word average Joe. I mean, what, what do you, what can you learn from that guy to share with us? Uh, well, a couple of things. I mean, number one is passion. <laughs> like I, passion should really drive your life. And sometimes you got to search for what you're really passionate about, but when you're doing something you're passionate about, it's an organic, authentic thing and and you're gonna be able to show up with much more ferocity and excitement and exuberance towards what you're doing um scotty's extremely passionate about golf he's been that way his whole life it that's kind of a gift i was very passionate about martial arts i'm now passionate about innovation and and progression um in my business career and that that helps me so you got to be passionate the second thing you got to do is you got to immerse yourself and whatever it is you're trying to achieve or accomplish. Uh, I, I like this guy. He's passed away, but Dr. Wayne Dyer, I don't know if you've ever oh, yeah. read yeah. some of his stuff or watched his PBS special. He's just a really amazing guy. He's been able to kind of bridge all these different religions. He talks about spirituality, but he does it in a way that's uh, kind of um, uh, non-exclusive to any one religion. But anyhow, one of the things he talks about is the power of intention. And, I'll never forget, he, I watched this PBS special of his, which was brilliant. This was years ago. And he was talking about, um, I forget what his example was, but in my head, it was, I was trying to purchase a house. I had a condo. I wanted to have a, like a real house. And he said, surround yourself 
with people and things and, and images and whatever it is, paraphernalia that will remind you of your goal that you want to achieve. I mean, put it out there. Tell other people that, hey, I'm really looking at buying a house. Put a picture of a house that's your dream house on their fridge. You know, um, ha have a morning meditation where part of it is, you know, I'm really excited about this day and the ability to to earn and grow and evolve and eventually get my house for my family. And that power of intention, it works. It's, I mean, this isn't Wayne Dyer, by the way, this is psychology 101. It's self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy. If you think, you know, you're going to be a failure, whatever it is you're doing, you're right. You know, well, we talk so, about all the time, even at work and my personal life, we, you know, it's called the expectancy, the expectancy theory, right? Well, that, that what you focus on expands. And so, um, I mean, I've lived for the last 20 something years of my life thinking about that. I mean, I could go out this door right here and show you 15 years of stuff that I've written down and read, you know, maybe not twice a day, every single day, but damn near right where I'm reading it every single day. And, and you look back on those things from 20 years ago and it's kind of like, it's funny that that used to be a goal, you know, but then as you right. expand and as you grow, those things are still scary. What it might've been scary back then. And the things that I want to do and focus on today are scary, but I'm a believer that, that you go public with it, right? You tell yourself that you can do it every single day. You, you write it down every single day, literally every single day, I write down my goals of what I want to accomplish. And then I read it and then I believe it. And then those things happen. It's not it, by accident. It, it's not. And it, and what's funny is, it doesn't cost you anything. It's not rocket science. No. I remember watching, I forget which Olympics this was, but if you're old enough, you remember this uh, Olympic diver, Greg Luganis. Oh, yeah. And Greg Luganis was kind of a breakout US diver back in the day. Um, and he was competing. He was a high level diver. I mean, he, people thought he had the ability to be on the podium. And so he's on the 10 meter platform. He does the dive and, and he hits his head. Boom. Um, yeah. On the, actually, maybe it was a springboard. He hits his head. Yeah regardless on the springboard. I mean, as a diver, that is like the worst possible case scenario on a dive. Not only are you, are, do you scratch that dive, but you, you, you're concussed, you're bleeding. It's traumatic. So he's got like one dive left and he's standing up on this springboard again. He's got to nail his dive. It's either podium or not. And what's going through his mind. I mean, 99% of the population would be, oh my gosh, if I hit my head again, if I embarrass myself in front of my country, my family, my friends, and my, my partners, and, and if I, I'm going to lose scholarships, I'm going to lose sponsorships, I'm going to, it's all going to go down. I mean, that's what most people think. Yeah. What does Greg Luganis think? You know what? I screwed up that first time, but I'm not screwing up this time. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to do what I practiced for my entire life, and I'm going to execute, and I'm going to be standing on that gold medal uh, podium. And what's he do? He goes out and he gets the gold medal. I mean, that's, that's a different mindset, but you want to, you want to be a winner. You want to look at winners when you, you got to be your best, when your best is needed. And you got to have that constant belief that you can do it. Even if you screwed up 20 minutes earlier. Yeah. So what, what are the things for you? I would like to call them anymore. I call them unwritten rules, right? They may not be written down. You can't Google what are Pete Holman's you know, rules of life, but what, what are those unwritten rules that if I followed you around, I had a camera system I hired for you know a week. What am, what am I seeing every single day in your life? Well, one of my favorite quotes of all time was uh, made by a fam famous clergyman by the name of Henry Ward Beecher. And he said, hold yourself to a higher standard than anyone else expects of you. 
Mm. Hold yourself to a higher standard than anybody else expects of you. If you can do that. Now, granted, it's hard because you put a lot of pressure on yourself, right? And I think high achievers, they, they, they put a lot of pressure on themselves. And when, if you fail, there's a huge burden to bear, but I'd much rather be that guy or gal that puts pressure on myself and, and aims high aims for the stars um, and fails now and again, than somebody that's just, you know, resigned to mediocrity. So that's one thing I, I hold myself to a higher standard, by the way, that comes in my, my personal life, my interpersonal relationships, my relationship with my daughter, um, my my relationship with coworkers, friends. It obviously comes in business. I'm trying to excel at business and and be the best you know product inventor I can be and be yeah. the best representative of health and fitness. It comes when I when I look at my own personal physical well being and spiritual well being. I'm holding myself to a high standard, and it it sucks because there's days that I don't want to work out or days that yeah. I don't want to eat a salad. Or, you know, days that I don't want to stretch and all that stuff. Uh, and so, you know, I execute on that. Um, and, you know, one of the, I, I grew up in, I think I mentioned my martial arts background. One of my favorite martial artists was Bruce Lee. And Bruce Lee has this famous quote. You can Google this. And he says, empty your mind, be formless, shapeless, like water. You mm. put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put it into a bottle, it becomes a bottle. You put it into a teapot, it becomes that teapot. Water can flow or water can crash. Be water, my friend. Yeah, I love and, that. And I know he was talking about athleticism and, and, and athletics, but he was also talking about, you know, at his time when he was coming up, there was a huge um, conflict between the East and the West. And, you know, he was coming from uh, China and, and he, you know, he spoke Cantonese and Mandarin. And he was trying to assimilate into San Francisco and he got it coming and going from, you know, your basic white Caucasian people. And then even his own community gave him a hard time because he was teaching Kung Fu to the Guaylo, to the white people. So everybody hated him. And <laughs> what did he do? He flowed like water. That ability to adjust and adapt and adapt in life, I think is critical. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You, you know, it's like the old, you know, the, the big um, willow tree in a massive storm, right? It, if it's brittle and rigid and it holds position, it's just going to snap in half. What's it do? It just flows in the wind and it can get through 100 mile an hour gusts. So, you know, that's one thing I try to do to the best of my ability every day is you're going to hit hurdles. You're going to have adversity. You're going to have heartbreak and loss. And, but you got to be that willow tree and just bounce yeah. back and be resilient. I love that. And I call that the bounce back theory. I mean, the most successful people I've seen in their lives, they, they bounce back quickly from rejection, right? I mean, we all get kicked in the shorts every single day, you know, maybe not every day, but you get kicked in the shorts. And I think the more you expect of yourself, uh, the more you are going to get kicked around a little bit. And, and the faster we bounce back, the faster you're going to be successful versus going home and having a pity party and laying in the fetal position and crying about it and feel sorry for yourself. It's like, okay, have the pity party for a couple minutes, but then let's get out a piece of paper and an ink pen and let's write down how the hell you're going to get out of this problem. Well, you bring up two good points. And the first is that I think, you know, we're really extreme in our society right now and people take very hard lines and I, I, I get it, but there's, there's an in-between, right? There's someplace in the middle. Um, there's a famous book by the, the, called Tuesdays with Maury by Mitch Album. Great book. And 
And it's a great book. And there's the, I don't remember a lot of the book, to be honest with you, but I remember one part and Mitch album is this journalist. He's, he's come back to, to reunite with his mentor who was a, a journalistic professor at his college. And the journalistic professor who is Maury is dying of ALS. He's, he's, he's got a terminal uh, diagnosis and he's dying. And Mitch comes over and he says, Maury, you got to tell me something. I don't understand. Every time I come over every Tuesday, you're upbeat, you're cheery, you're bright. You, you bring, you know, you bring light into my life and here you are you're dying. I don't understand how you do this. And he looks at Mitch and he says, Mitch, you should have seen me 10 minutes ago. And Mitch, his ears perked up. He said, what do you mean? He's like, I was crying, sobbing buckets. He said, I woke up. I was having a rough day. Every joint hurt. I couldn't, my motor system wasn't functioning. And I just, I started crying. I thought I'm dying. Like my life is over. And then after five or seven minutes of crying his eyes out, he kind of recovered a little bit. He opened up the blinds. He saw some birds fly out in the horizon. The wind was blowing gently. The clouds hovered beautifully. The sun was rising. And he took some deep breaths and he said, I'm going to make the most of this day. And I just like that kind of attitude. I mean, it makes me want to cry right now. Like you, you're, it, it's okay to embrace that pain and, 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 and give it some time and give it some energy because it's a real human emotion that we go through when we have a failure or success or loss. Um, but at some point, you got to open up the blinds and you got to look outside for a sign from, I don't know if you're religious, from the heavens, if you're yeah. whatever, a naturalist from, you know, I was riding my bike the other day. It was kind of starting to rain. I was tired. My joints hurt. I didn't really want to be out there. And all of a sudden this, this, Eagle. I never see eagles in Aspen. They're here, but I never see them. I see red-tailed hawks all the time. I see bears. I see deer. I see fox. I see coyote. I see all this wildlife. I never see an eagle. And this thing comes out of a tree. Like I must have spooked it as I rode by. And I could tell, like, that's not a hawk. I mean, it had this massive wingspan and it had like a barrel kind of chest. And you could tell it was really working to get loft. And I'm like, is that an eagle? And my cadence on my bike started picked up. And it was kind of flying right in front of me. So for, I don't know, 15 seconds, I'm kind of following this eagle. And I thought, man, I don't know what that is, but that's a sign from above that I'm meant to be here. I'm meant to enjoy this life. I'm meant to take take this life in and experience it and look for things every day that, that make me understand that there's something greater out there and that there's a purpose for, for me being here. But I, but I think the key right there, and, and I'm sure you know this, or I know you know this, but it, I, I think I want to draw people's attention to it is you got to be willing and open to look at that eagle up there and see something good from it, right? Because you could easily just be like, oh, that's a <laughs> eagle, right? And then just put your head back down and start pedaling your bike. But I think it's embracing that eagle, seeing that eagle, and knowing that there's a reason that damn thing is there. Oh, man. I mean, I, I'm not a bit, I love movies. I'm not a big old time movie fan, but there's this movie. Um, I, and I can't even tell you the name of it. It's like Fred Astaire, you know, back in the day. And there's a scene where it starts dumping rain. Right. Yeah. And everybody's downtrodden and melancholy. It's raining out, boo, hiss, you know, dark sky. And here comes this, is it Ginger Rogers? I don't know. Somebody's yes. going to correct me on this. But they go out in the street and they're dancing in the rain and they're yeah. having the time of their life. I mean, 
you want to talk about living life like it's it, change your perspective. If, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. That's another Wayne Dyer thing, quote, and it's couldn't be, you know, more true uh, on a daily basis. Yep. One other thing I wanted to mention about my daily ritual and habits, and this is probably the hardest thing, uh, is professionalism. I always, whenever I do a project or I'm submitting a proposal or typing out an email and, you know, you got to, Take this with a grain of salt. I mean, not every single one, but the important ones. I mean, I I reread that thing three or four times. I change the verbiage. I proofread it. I, I want to come across as a professional in everything I do. And I, I'll never forget this story a client told me. I'm up in Aspen. So I train like these uber wealthy, you know, Gulfstream owning clients, yeah. the hoo of the world. And one of them lives, um, has a house in Mustique. Mustique is an island in the Caribbean. And it's where like all the rock stars and actors have places. And and uh, Mick Jagger has a place on Mustique Island uh, of the Rolling Stones, the lead singer of the Rolling Stones. So anyhow, there's a bar called Basil's on this island. And everybody, it's a, there's only one bar and restaurant. It's called Basil's. So everybody goes there <laughs> and you hang out. Like even people that are just super wealthy hang out with all these rock stars and actors. Right. And Mick Jagger's in this bar and um, my client's very friendly with the house band at the bar and they talk to them all the time. And so my client goes up to the drummer during a, a set break and says, why don't you ask Mick Jagger to come on stage and Holy you know, crap. a couple of songs, right? So, so the drummer is like, oh, I don't know. And she kind of goats him and she says, come on, you know, you could, you guys are so good. They love you. And so the drummer kind of gets his nerve up and he goes up to Mick Jagger and he, and he says, Hey, would you ever want to play with this? And Mick Jagger says, yes, I'd love to play with you. So the drummer's like, great. We know all your songs. And, and he expects Mick Jagger to step up on stage. Mick Jagger never shows up. So at the end of the, the, the night, um, the band's kind of wrapping up and the drummer kind of goes up to Mick Jagger and says, Hey, um, is everything okay? Did I do something to offend you? And he's like, no, no, I just want to rehearse before we play. And the drummer looks at him like rehearse. I mean, you're Mick you Jagger, mean? dude, you're Mick Jagger. <laughs> and, and he says, well, no, let's, let's get a couple of rehearsals in. So they rehearsed two times, maybe three. I forget what the story was. Um, they went through like a three song set. Keep in mind, Basil's bar. There's nobody there. There's like 120 people, maybe. Right. At, at a given any given night so 120 people in the middle of nowhere this is mick jagger the best rock star ever he wants to rehearse with the band to do a couple covers of his songs and of course he comes back later in a, the next week and he plays and my clients got pictures of her dancing and mick jagger's like right there you know wow. three feet away from her and that story resonated with me there's a reason mick jagger everybody knows who mick is and it's that reason right there. He yeah. is the most professional rock star you'll ever see. He eats well. He trains and conditions himself. He takes care of his throat and he rehearses and rehearses and rehearses. Steve Jobs did the same thing before a keynote address. I mean, there's a reason these people are high performers. So um, if you want to get to the next level, be professional. I love it. I love it, man. So what keeps you up at night right now in your life? <laughs> Uh, well, I've got this new product. It's called the glute slide. And, you know, I've kind of been geeked out on the glutes um, as a physical therapist and strength coach. I always know that the glutes are important and, you know, kind of yeah. yada, yada. But 
I've really honed in on this. And if you look at the gluteal muscles, there's some basic muscles on the top, the gluteus maximus on the side, there's something called the gluteus medius. But then deep inside there, there's seven rotators that rotate the hip externally. There's internal rotators. I mean, there's a dozen muscles in that, in that gluteal area. And it's the powerhouse of the core. And not only for sports and athletics, but everybody that kind of wants to look good on the beach, you know, you want to <laughs> get your wedding dress or you want to look good in your jeans. You want to have a nice toned, firm, strong glute. Well, fast forward to if you're 70 or 80 years old, which is a lot of my clients right now, guess where they're weakest in the glutes. Guess why they fall down the stairs because their glutes aren't able to decelerate their next step. Or if they miss a step, the glutes can't fire and have enough strength to hold them in position. So I thought there's got to be a machine I could create for the in-home and commercially that would train, specifically train the glutes. And that's what I'm working on right now. I'm on my third prototype and it's going to happen. So keep your eyes and ears open for the glute slide sometime in 2023. Well, we'll buy it. We'll buy that as well, man. Why not? We'll just keep it going. We've got to stay got in to. Uh, peak performance. So got well, hey, man, where do our listeners find more of Pete Holman? Uh, I am at on Instagram at Pete Holman one, the number one, um, H O L M A N Pete Holman one. I'm also at Twitter at Pete Holman one. I'm on Facebook at Pete Holman. I have a couple of different accounts. I'm not as good at Facebook. I, yeah. you know, Zuckerberg, the guy's brilliant, but he changes stuff every, every two or three weeks. There's some new, uh, algorithm or some new formula, or some new interface. And it's very hard to keep up with this. Plus I'm not 17 years old. Like my daughter, she, she has to coach me up and upskill me on this. Well, stuff. If you were 17, you wouldn't be on Facebook anyway. My, my, my son told me that my 16, 17 year old oh. uh, son the other day told me, he goes, you know, daddy, cause I don't mean to be mean, but Facebook's for old people. Yeah. And I'm it's like, like, oh, Snapchat, yeah. Snapchat, TikTok, <laughs> and all that, yeah. but which by the way, if you're in business <laughs> and you're and you're wanting to capture uh, younger audiences. Uh, by the way, even 30 year olds are still on TikTok and yeah. Snapchat. If you're wanting to hit that marketplace and that niche, you better figure out that the, that stuff. You know, don't don't be so entrenched in your old ways. Um, and, and I see that in business now, especially especially with digital marketing right now. You've got to execute on all cylinders. Yeah. Um, to, to capture that audience. Um, by the way, I also have a website called ph1performance.com. ph for Pete Holman one, the number, uh, just the number one uh, performance.com, ph1performance.com. And there's, you know, there's all my contact information on there. I think my email is even on there. If you want to reach awesome. out, you've got questions or anything I can do to help you out. Um, uh, I'm, I'm all about like my whole mission in life is to help other people, execute and 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 reach their human potential as far as their health wellness and vitality goes i think if you can do that you're a much better husband wife father daughter son business partner etc but yeah. it all starts with you and your own internal physiological health and your spiritual wellness and and, and um, mental well-being yeah. We'll put all that stuff in the show notes, but I think you'll agree with this with, with what you just said right there struck a chord to me is I, I think that's why I'm so focused now at 44 on fitness and, and health and what we're doing to stay vibrant is, you know, I own a wealth management firm. So all day long, I'm talking about people's monies, their dreams, their goals, their aspirations. But look, you got to start when you're in your 20s, start saving some money and then save a little bit more in your 30s and a little bit more in your 40s, right? 
for the time when you're 55 and 65 and 75 and 85, and you want to go live the life you want to live and go to the islands and do all these things. Right. But it took 20 and 30 years for you to get there. Well, now at 44, I've got to invest my time today. That's going to help me when I'm 64, 74 and 84, when I'm out there playing golf, still taking my buddy's money, I hope. Right. I got to put that, that investment, if you will, in today for the future, because who knows how long we're going to live, man, with modern technology. What you said is probably the most profound thing of this entire podcast, and that is you better invest in your health savings account because it is just like your financial savings account. If you get into retirement and you haven't done your job on the front end, it's too late, folks. Yeah. And I see it all the time because I'm working with 60, 70, 80 year old folks. It, it's when I say too late, I'm being a little dramatic, but you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. If you get in your late 60s and you've got congestive heart failure and you've got diabetes and your diet is terrible and and all of a sudden the doctor says you need to change uh, you need to stop smoking whatever it is it could be too late and yeah. like you said people are i've got a client that's 94 years old i wow. mean he's, and he's a billionaire like especially if you're doing well in life i'm not saying everybody wants to live long but especially if you worked so hard to yeah. achieve this wealth and now what you can't play with your grandkids on the beach. You can't take a trip because you're too tired and weak. Come on. Yeah. yeah. That would not be good. Not be good. Well, this has been an awesome conversation, man, on a Friday afternoon. Love the time together with you, Pete. And thanks for being on the circuit of success. Appreciate it so much. Keep the dream alive, everybody.